Do you shop on Amazon.com? Of course you do. You can now support the Midwest Podcast Network while doing so. Go to Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com and a very small percentage of your purchase will go towards making our network and its content even better. That's Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Bookmark it today. Welcome to the Nick Jonas Nerds Podcast. Are we, are we doing it? Oh, all right. <laughs> Willie's not here. <laughs> Just start the episode and wait for Willie to walk in. Willie's not coming. Oh, he's not? No. Willie, oh, well he's, then, yeah, here we go. Willie's watching Skyfall the way you should watch a Bond movie, which is broken up over the course of like three or four days. <laughs> Skyfall or spe- Skyfall? Okay. Like he's still watching Skyfall. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, he's like I, I think I last night. He's like, I think I only got like forty minutes left. And he told me where he's at. I'm like, no, you still got an hour. And then he went home and watched like ten minutes. He's like, I fell asleep. I'm like, he sounds about right. <laughs> Does he just really not care for for Bond? I feel like I haven't had no, this what's, conversation. What's weird him. is, I, well, how many Bond movies have you guys seen? I've seen maybe six total. Okay. Uh. I don't. I don't know. I. Okay. I think I've seen all the Pierce Brosnans, but one. All the Daniel Craig's. I've seen a few Connerys. I've seen a more. Okay. I, I don't know. So you I, I, I would say I would say like eleven or twelve. Okay, so you've probably seen more than Willie because Willie was listening him off today, and he had never seen any of the like the last three Craig ones or the last two, I guess, up yeah. to this point. So he hadn't seen the last two. He only seen Casino Royale in theaters, and then he was like listing off the other ones. I'm like, why have you seen these other ones and not, <laughs> and not the actual good ones? <laughs> See, I um, I've seen probably Goldeneye, the one after that, and then the Craig ones. Okay, I think that's the. So you've seen Tomorrow Never Dies, maybe the one with Terry Hatcher. That was after Goldeneye, right? Yeah. And then the world is not enough. The thing is, yeah. I don't remember. Die another day. Yep. I don't remember any of the Bras and stuff. Perennial so I might, classic. I might, I might have <laughs> even seen The World Is Not Enough, but they were so long ago. Like I, that was when I was like probably in the teen, like early teens. Like I don't even remember those seeing those movies anymore. We should we should get together and watch Goldeneye sometime. I'd be down. It's. Goldeneye, Gojo, Gojo loves Goldeneye. I was just like, I was like five when that movie came. Goldeneye probably has the best opening to a Bond movie besides Casino Royale, in my opinion. Like the opening to Goldeneye is so good. Like the pre, the cold open, the pre uh, credits. Yes. Yeah, and it's pretty long. It's Mm. actually like a whole. It's 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 probably like twenty minutes, but it's so good. Well, the, the, the climax of that is like is really really phenomenal. All right. Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Nick. I'm Tim. Today we're going to talk about Bond, as you already heard. We're also going to talk about what we've been watching. We might find some other topics to talk about, but then we're also going to review Bond 24. That's the right one, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Spectre, mm-hmm. directed by Sam Mendes. Sam Mendes, Spectre. Sam yes. Mendes. <laughs> uh, before we get to all that... Feedback at MidwestFilmers.com is where you can write to us, let us know what you think, the show, the things that we talk about. We're also at MFN Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. There's 151 plus bonus episodes on, well, bonus episodes on MidwestFilmers.com and iTunes as well. We've got full show notes on the website so you can skip through the spoiler Terry and other things you don't want to hear about, trailer discussions, that kind of stuff. Uh, so check us out there. Um, 
this past Monday, there was the Midwest Game Nerds out on Halo 5, and then we're going to have something coming out about Fallout in the coming weeks. Fallout 4, that is. So check that out if you're into video games, or maybe even if you're not, just see what it's like. Maybe we'll get you into some video games. Um, but yeah, I think that's mostly it. Um, yeah, I don't, I've always wanted to go back and like watch some older Bond stuff because I'm so completely unstudied in that, in that arena. Like I don't, I've never seen more than a frame of Sean Connery as Bond. Okay. Like maybe like Thunderball's been on on like a Thanksgiving marathon or something on like. Honestly, I I would say James TMC or something. James Bond is the strangest franchise yeah. that has ever and will ever exist. Yeah. The the formula for making a good James Bond movie is different from person to person. No one agrees on what <laughs> makes a good James Bond film. There are so many trappings that come with it. Uh, it is the most bizarrely examined and dissected <laughs> and analyzed franchise ever. And there probably will never be anything that reaches that level of yeah just uh, it's, it's really hard to put even put into words and i'll be honest with you instead of like going th- through and watching them you could probably pick and choose that's uh, that's like, for, from sure. Each for actor. sure yeah, yeah. You please really, please do <laughs> you need to see like maybe one or two roger moore movies and then if you want to go down that rabbit hole <laughs> then more power to you because <laughs> it gets ugly at the end but just start with Moonraker. Well, Moonraker I know right I know the guy that made um the guy that made Cards Against Humanity actually went through for Star Star Trek: The Next Generation and like made a list of stuff that's like hit these episodes and then go back and watch more if you want. Yeah. So I would love to like find somebody who's done that for Bond or maybe you should do it, Tim. <laughs> and uh, and and then I can follow that journey. Star Trek's a really Next Generation's a really good comparison. Yeah. Because Next Generation really only has like a handful of episodes each season that you should probably pay attention to. And none of them are in the first season. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah, I think I think he mostly is like, just skip the first season. So I was watching the first season on Netflix and it uh, was added on there and I was really enjoying it. I was like, oh, I kind of I like this. So that's good to know it only it gets, gets better. better. Yeah, yeah. Riker without a beard. My uncle always tells me a story because Riker doesn't have a beard in season one. Right. And my uncle always tells me a story that he wrote in to Star Trek, the, to like Gene Roddenberry or something like that, that company, and was like, this guy looks like a kid. He can't be second, like he can't be number one, like you need to, or number two, he needs a beard. And then Riker got a beard, so my uncle claims credit for getting <laughs> Riker a beard. <laughs> but... It was probably maybe maybe it was a popular like feeling at the time, and it was willed into existence by Star Trek. Fans, it's interesting but. because I I knew about Riker, and I knew I know a little bit about Next about Generation. Chair sitting. Oh yeah, I love the chair sitting <laughs> montage. It's so funny. It's brilliant. Um, but when I was watching season one, and he's all clean shaven, I was like, "Who is this <laughs> dashing guy?" Because he's very like slick and very like he's like really cool. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh, who's this youthful Riker?" That's that's here, and I was, I was like, this is kind of interesting. Then all Sound of a sudden, he week. becomes a dad. He just, he, he cryo sleeps. He's like th- reverse cryo sleeps, and overnight, he's thirty years older, and he's just an uncle. <laughs> uncle Riker's here to help help out Grandpa Picard. <laughs> Keep Wesley in line. How do we get to start? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. James Bond. Yeah, how many Bond films have you seen now, Tim? I know you. I've seen them all. You took on the very strange journey of yeah, watching yeah, because there are some that I mean, I'd seen 
the good ones or the ones. And then I went through when the Blu-ray set came out and watched the ones. God, that's fascinating. That I am. Um, <laughs> you like those people that like 300 years ago were like, I'm going up to Amazon. <laughs> Why? <laughs> you won't make it. It'll be really scary. Who knows what's out there? And you were like, I'm doing it. And like I like there were only a couple I guess that I haven't even like hadn't even seen parts of. And to be honest with you, like you can go through and I can maybe like Thunderball's the you go, hey Tim, what do you think of Thumber, Thunderball? I go, that's the really long one that's underwater the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so so I can't really pick out. It, it, they're all kind of jumbled together. And then yeah. I remember the good ones. And um, I like I watched I think a View to a Kill for a first time, which is Roger Moore's last one. And all of a sudden, in A View to a Kill, the opening sequence, his ski falls off, so he starts snowboarding for some reason. Roger Moore, a 50-year-old man, starts snowboarding, and then California <laughs> Girls by the Beach Boys kicks in that <laughs> way. And I, like, I remember like, I stopped. Like, I wasn't paying attention. I go, what the hell is happening right now? And then he, he stops, and he like starts macking on some like 20-year-old woman. I'm like, sell down, Roger. And then he has sex with Grace Jones later on in the movie. That's a good one. So if anybody... <laughs> Christopher Walken's the villain, and it's this, it's that weird Christopher Walken era where it was before he came became like a self-parody. Yeah. But it was also, he's still acting like the people that parody him. So it's still kind of a crazy Christopher Walken. And where's that with respect to Annie Hall? Is that... That's post-Annie Hall, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, this was like 85, okay. I want to say. So... It's definitely post. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So, like, there were a couple like that I had never really seen. And most of them I had seen, like, on Spike TV or TBS. TBS would show marathons of them all the time. And I'd, well, the thing is with those, though, you really only see about an hour or so of them because they take about three or four hours to air on television. Yeah. yeah. Like, they cut it down and, like, pad it with hours of commercials. Yes. Much. So, so, yeah, I went through. I wouldn't necessarily call myself an expert, but, but you are. But, <laughs> In present company. Yeah. It, well, and that's, that's okay. You guys should not be experts on this. <laughs> they you're, take, you're the only one of us that has dwelled on the Bond boards just to see what they Oh, the saying. Bond boards are fascinating. Yeah. If anybody wants to dive any deeper into these, into this fan base, this is the fan base to go to um, because it's this weird group of people that are very concerned about fashion and... <laughs> Uh, they have weird, like, you got a check mark. Like, they're very excited about some of the stuff that happens in Spectre that I didn't even realize didn't happen by this point. So <laughs> so it, there's weird, like, check marks that they, they go through with each Bond movie. And it's so weird because Nick's right. There's no consistency to a lot of these. Yeah. Like, pretty much the main consistency is, like, there's an opening credits, um, sequence, a pre-credits, and then there's, like, an opening credits song and credit sequence and that's about and it. there's women that and have suits. sex with bond yeah and suits and he wears suits <laughs> usually two of them yeah so it's it's a facet like go just type in james bond mi6 forums those are my boys <laughs> shout out to mi6 there boys. is a um oh, just real quick there's a there's a website called like the suits of james bond mm-hmm. or, and it goes through each and every movie and like reviews and writes articles about everything he wears wow. in each movie and i was scrolling through it today on my lunch and i'm like who did this <laughs> <laughs> so that was quite the read wow well more on james bond in a bit <laughs> I, it, it. <laughs> it's funny because like i'm i'm a pretty big fan of like some works of fiction you know and like you're a very big like whedon verse fan mm-hmm. and i'm a pretty massive star wars fan and we can tell you stupid things but 
at the end of the day, like I, you know, I, I don't take my work home with me necessarily. And, and I'm kind of like, but I look at these Bond fans and I'm like, you guys are weird, man. Like you're weird. Well, it's like any, like, you know, there's people that have written like theses on like Whedon works and on Star Wars and on anything of that kind. So, you know, but it's just funny James because Bond fashion Bond is Bond. Yeah. It's just so weird because Bond changes so much all the time. And it's, and, and, and because it's not, like it's closer to reality. Like I can I can see why some people get like really into star, into science fiction. Like if someone's really into Star Trek, I laugh, but I'm like that's cool because at least it's like speculative fiction and it's not it's not really real and it's kind of fun to think about. Yeah. Or whatever. And Bond, I'm like, well, it's a man with a gun and he's he's cool and he's fun and he's a, a classic character that'll be around forever in some form or another. But what, you're analyzing the cut of his suit. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. And it is. It is. And it's a weird thing to because it was created by. Uh, Ian Fleming as like pure escapism around World War Two in Britain mm-hmm. because it was basically geared. The novels were geared toward people that were never going to leave their station, and it's like, oh, they can get into this guy's shoes. He dresses up and he globe hops and he goes across the world. But it's just, it's just because Nick's right. It's not like Star Wars. It's not like a science fiction universe. And there's like with the Weedonverse, there's a consistency too because it's one creator. This is a ton of hands, and it's yeah. really in. It's all over the place. I mean, it's almost like an industry in a way. Yeah. Like the the James Bond machine is like something that uh-huh. I feel like when a when a director is brought into a James Bond film, it's almost like somebody who's who's higher up getting brought into a company, and there's like people that like show them how it works and like teach them the culture and show them how to how we get things done around here. It's very, it's very weird. But it's even like it's like it's almost older, like a sports organization. It's much older hat too. That like it's it's Marvel kind of does that nowadays a yeah. little bit. Like, mm-hmm. but that's ha- but this has been happening for decades <laughs> with Bond. Like, yeah. But it's it's and that's what's so funny is it 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 still shifts tonally all the time. It's really it's really bizarre. It's just bizarre. It's interesting. Like yeah. I wonder what when you sit down and learn what you're going to be directing. How they are like, how they're exerting control. Right. Like, what are they doing? What are their guiding hands? Because if it is so all over the place as it is, as we know it is, why are they there? <laughs> like, what, what are they? What are they doing? It's but, inter- yeah, it's interesting. It's yeah. like every every decade or so, or whenever they come up with a new bond, they kind of say, okay, what's what what will resonate now? Like, what's I think they've done a pretty good job. I mean, certainly with the last two bonds of finding somebody who fits the time and and and, and Mendes yeah, is Sam Mendes is probably it's weird because Bond directors for the most part aren't people that are known to put st- their own stamp on the movie. Sam Mendes yeah. does he's got a different he's that weird mix because he doesn't have like a real distinct style, but he is kind of a stylish director at times and they don't they haven't really had that most of the directors you go back and look are like journeyman directors or yeah people who do a lot of bond movies <laughs> so it's yeah all right well all right. we can we can get back to that in okay. a little bit uh mm-hmm. i did want to do what we've been watching really quick tim did you want to talk about ash versus evil Dread, evil dead yeah i can talk about that yeah it's two episodes in yep um first episode was fantastic loved it um it's the first episode was about 45 minutes. Everybody kind of said it was more in, it was like a mixture of evil dead Two and army of darkness. I don't know. I thought it was more of in tone, more like, um, 
drag me to hell than anything. Yeah. It's got, it, it's not straightforward horror like our um, Evil Dead 2 can be, and it's not a spoofy adventure like Army of Darkness is. I can see how that could rub some people the wrong way. I think it was pretty universally loved by the people yeah. that were going to love it anyway. <laughs> yeah. But I know there are some people that were like, oh, it's too much like Army of Darkness. And so that, that might rub some people the wrong way. I like okay. Army of Darkness quite a bit. So mm-hmm. um, I was okay with it. There's some shoddy CGI in the first episode, but that's such a weird complaint to lob at the Evil Dead series <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. I can't really do it. Um, it was It's nice to see Ash back. Bruce Campbell is a lot of fun. Lucy Lawless hasn't really shown up yet. The, my main concern was the first and second episode because it goes from Raimi and it's the only one he's doing to like the guy who did like Solomon Kane and Silent Hill 3D. <laughs> but luckily it's not, the second episode is not as good, but it's paced quick. It's only like 28 minutes huh. and it moves through and Bruce Campbell is still having a lot of fun and he's still very good in the role and there's a lot of gore and it's quick. <laughs> it knows what it's doing. So I'm still on board with it. Um, I was worried it was going to be like a Walking Dead situation where yeah. I watched the first episode and went, wow, that was really good. And then I realized Darabont was not going to do direct any more episodes and it never lived up. So I just dr- jumped. Is the, have you seen, do you, do you know if this director sticks around for more or? No, um, it's kind of, it seems to be, I wish they could have got uh, Fetty Alvarez yeah. for an episode. That would have been cool. But he's doing another movie with that Raimi's producing for like Ghost House. They seem to be people that are in Raimi's wheelhouse from the Ghost House pictures and then people who directed Spartacus Okay, um, for the most part. The second episode is written by Dominic Dirks, who was on who was Mystery Team. You remember yeah, Mystery yeah, Team yeah, yeah. with uh, Donald Glover? Yep. He wrote the second episode. And I went, oh, that's perfect. That's awesome. <laughs> like that's who should be writing these. So hopefully... I haven't. I tried to look for a list of the writers for the rest of the episodes, but if he's on board as part of the writing team, I think that's. I think if that's the tone they're looking for, that's a good place to look. That's cool. So, and it was it was pretty funny. I mean, it's the second episode is more Army of Darkness. It's more of a. It's a comedy horror at this point. Yeah. And I think that's the only way you can do. Yeah. This series, so still gory, still funny. Still I gotta fun. watch uh, Army of Darkness one of these days. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. on Stars every two seconds, along with Twenty Two Jump Street. I'm very glad I subscribed to Stars. Okay. I'll have to. <laughs> I'll have to look into the Stars uh, then. Uh, anything else, Tim? Um, yeah. Oh, I wanted to pimp out a uh, a streaming service that I really like. Oh yeah, I watched Necromantic, classic German exploitation film. <laughs> right here. Do you want me to read you what this is? Yes. Okay. This is. Uh, I figured I was going to Disney later in the week, and mm-hmm. life is about balance. So here is the uh, plot. A street sweeper who cleans up after grisly accidents bring homes, brings home a full corpse for him and his wife to enjoy sexually, but is dismayed to see that his wife prefers the corpse over him. <laughs> <laughs> this is as German as Classic first world problem. Right? You, said, you said the title was Necromantic? Necromantic. There's yep. a sequel Perfect. as well. Get yeah. that person to raise. <laughs> There's a sequel as well. Uh, it's a German exploitation film. And it's everything you would want. From what year? Um, I think this is 87. Ooh. Yeah, this was, it's banned in a lot of countries. But it's, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to get in touch with my roots. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's on a streaming service called Shudder. S-H-U-D-D-E-R. Yeah. It's an AMC um, presented service. Willie might have brought me, I don't know if that was on the podcast or not, but it's their kind of horror. Yes. And if you are a horror fan who's looking for more obscure stuff, 
Um, like the other day, its front page on it was this movie, um, Let the Right One In, the Swedish version, Lucio Fulci's The Beyond, and Cannibal Holocaust. I'm like, this is, oh. This is made for you and Willie. <laughs> and it's five bucks a month. And if you're someone who scrolls through Netflix's horror section, and you're like, this, what's on here? It's just a bunch of Hellraisers. It's all in, like, <laughs> Asylum House. Yeah. Or whatever yeah. A bunch of Hellraisers, Leprechaun 1 and 3, and, like... Yep. Tremors uh, 4. Yeah. If And, obviously, this isn't... This probably isn't going after the same audience as Netflix might be. Yeah. But if you're, if you're more... If you're looking to get more in-depth with a horror, this is a really... It's only five bucks a month, and it's a really cool service. And they, they break it down really awesome. Like, they have... They have like two different types of ghost movies in there. They have like, and they call them like spectral encounters and like haunted habitations. And some are just like ghost movies, and some are haunted house movies. The way they break them up, it's interesting. It's, it's a lot of fun to just even click around. And they have a live stream twenty four seven. So there you go. So there you go. Check it out. Yeah, Shutter. but you maybe don't watch Necromantic though. Okay. It can it can be passed on. <laughs> Wait till Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Save it for a special occasion. <laughs> All right, Nick. Have you been watching anything? Mm-mm. No. Okay. Jeopardy. How's Jeopardy? Good. Yeah. Getting a lot of Lots viral. Of Jeopardy. Yeah. A lot of viral I, play these days. I wish yeah. Jeopardy was on like Hulu or oh, something. Oh my god, dude! If Jeopardy, <laughs> if Jeopardy was on Netflix or Hulu, I would watch so much Jeopardy. Like that's the one show that I feel the pull to be like I should like sit down at seven every day and watch Jeopardy. Seven thirty. Seven thirty. Excuse me. Yeah, I'm missing it right now. <laughs> Sorry for this podcast. Uh, too late. We Maybe you can it. catch it on uh, BitTorrent. See, and if, if I had a DVR or any of those fancy yeah. newfangled TV recorders, uh, I would just do that. <laughs> but I don't have that because I don't even yeah. have cables. So all mm. Jeopardy's all I've got. <laughs> and, <laughs> You'd and have to go and get a TV guy and then punch the code into your VCR so that it knows what time to... <laughs> you remember that? Begin recording. Man. Put a VHS tape in there. How and- did that shit work? I should look at that. Ask your dad. Yeah, my yeah. dad knows, I'm sure. I've also been watching our uh, our hometown heroes, the, the Detroit Lions, just, <laughs> just very good. killing it. Yeah. They look pretty oh. good. Yeah. yeah, they look real good. <laughs> you had to get up early on Sunday morning to watch them yeah, a couple they had weeks a, ago. They had a bye yeah. week this past week because Tim was out of town, so mm. they waited for Tim to get back <laughs> so that he and Amy can continue watching them. Sna- always snatching, uh, snatching a loss from the jaws of victory. The yeah. Red Wings are playing now, so oh. it's time yeah, to, and they're doing well. It's time on. to move on. And the Pistons look pretty. Can well. have, we can <laughs> have a brief sports corner on this <laughs> on this podcast. We can talk about sports sometimes. Uh, yeah, but that's it. I think that's the only, that's all that's. Oh, the Pistons. The Pistons are really good. Yeah, they look pretty good. Yeah, so yeah. that's weird. We've got that. <laughs> it is. They're really good. Yeah. yeah. That's it's really nice strange. to watch. We've for got people. the Wings and the Pistons doing well, and then yeah. everyone else is well. MSU and, and U of M are both, they're both pretty good. Yeah. They should be good in basketball too. So. Basketball is the only sport that I can't like watch. Really? You know, like, I used to be give that me the way. last two minutes. Oh yeah, and I'm good. Yeah. Maybe when you turn like 29 is the time that you're kind of like, oh, basketball. I used to put it on when they were like in the playoffs, but I'd always be like in a chat room on AIM or something with a bunch of like friends right. that also didn't care. I mean, it's definitely the last sport that I I prefer Jeopardy over basketball. <laughs> I prefer Jeopardy over all sports, so but that's where my priorities are. Basketball has my favorite. It used to, well, it used to, it still does. I think is my favorite, uh, like presentation, like TV presentation. Really? If we're gonna, ta- yeah, because I really like when I hear the NBC like. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Like that. And like, was that entertainment tonight? That was entertainment tonight, but it was there both done by John Tesh. 
<laughs> Round Ball Rock was the song, and there's a YouTube video of on online of John Tesh performing Round Ball Rock. Oh, I'm Rock. sorry. It was coming out of his shell by the team. <laughs> so that's what you were going for. But the live performance, look it up on YouTube. John yeah. Tesh, Rock, he gets so into it. It's so cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're right. That, now I can't even remember. Now I've just got the stupid entertainment tonight that the song stuck in my head. Um, but yeah, and then TNT... But I, every time I hear that song, like I go, oh, yeah. 90s basketball, point me that way. Charles yeah, I'm Martin. the same way about football. When I hear like the, the, yeah. the big football anthem yeah. kick in, I'm always like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of being a kid and, and my dad always watching and just hearing it. And yeah, and it's great. Yeah. It's like nice, comfortable Sundays, ideally. Um, the only other thing I have been watching a little bit is I continue my rewatch of Parks and Recreation. And I am now in uncharted waters for me. Because mm. I had watched uh, up through season... How many were there total? Seven? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so season six. I watched up to like season six, episode like five or six, and then I just stopped because I was like, the show's boring now. And I've been rewatching it all, and I've gone beyond that point now because it's on Netflix. And it does get boring again in the exact same spot. I was like, I feel compelled to stop. And then some things finally happen, and I'm like, oh, okay, now the show is kind of good again. But you can tell there was just a lot going on with the schedules of everybody in season six. So they're really uneven, weird episodes. And you kind of forget that like some people weren't around and they show up again. And it's it's kind of weird, even though they were part of the crew and they all had this chemistry. And then they're gone and you get kind of used to it for a little bit. And then they kind of reintegrate themselves and you're kind of like, oh, the balance is kind of thrown off again. It's strange. But it's kind of gaining steam again. I've heard the final season is amazing. So it's it's pretty good. <clears throat> I still haven't finished. I'm really it. looking forward good. to it. I still have no idea how the show ends, oddly enough. So I'm looking forward to. I don't know if out. I ever finished it either. <laughs> but what I've seen of the final season, yeah, really I've heard good. it's really good. Yeah. I'm planning a pretty big rewatch of Six Feet Under pretty soon. I have the DVD complete series, yeah. courtesy of Rickalicious, and uh, a friend of mine texted me today and said, "Oh, it's all on Amazon Prime now," and I was like, mm-hmm. "Time for me to rewatch mm-hmm. it." So have you ever seen? No, but you've told me to watch it like every day. So uh, let me know. When I've you told start. you to watch Dead Like Me like every day. Six oh, feet under. No, 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 I guess Rick has told me a few times to watch. Six I have feet told under. you a few times to watch Six Feet Under for sure. Okay. All the, I have three, three of like my favorite shows are all death themed. Pushing Daisies, Dead <laughs> Like Me, and Six Feet Under are all excellent shows. Two of Brian Fuller. Yeah, too. they're all pretty different. Put Hannibal in there too. Make ha- three. You should watch Hannibal also. also. Yeah, also very death centric. Death is, death is a theme in Hannibal. And Brian Fuller. I still life. can't believe that got canceled. Yeah. And no one wants it. Nope. It got, it was, it was it's screwed so by the so good, though. Too. It's like the mega hot girl at, who's available to go to prom <laughs> and willing to go with like anyone, but they're just too intimidated. They're like, how do I possibly live up to this? I can't take you, hot girl. Sorry, Mads Mickelson. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, that was that's a bummer. It is. But it's really good. Maybe sometime down the line, somebody will say, "Hey, you know what? Let's do more." And then they'll go, well, "All right, I'll pick up where we get off." Oh, it's so weird because I was saying you might get able to get a movie, but then you'll probably get a Hannibal movie that's completely yeah. not connected to the show. So, yeah. you know what? I might be pretty open to that actually because sometimes the show, the show's never bad. I've never watched an episode and been like, "This yeah. is bad." But sometimes you're kind of like. Didn't really need that necessarily. Mm-hmm. So pared down would be 
Yeah, and sometimes there's just a little bit. There, there are other there are other characters in the show that are that are they're compelling, like side characters, and you're like, oh, I like them. But had you never been introduced to them, you wouldn't mind. Did you see the way Gilmore Girls was doing it? The, their comeback. Their comeback. It's like uh, four one, episodes. Four episodes, one per season. But one, like yeah. Actual. What, yeah. <clears throat> it's four 90 minute season. movies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think that's kind of maybe a neat idea. Yeah, it'll be cool to see. Yeah. Yeah, they could make another Hannibal movie. Like, bring those go- the the, yeah. the main like four characters or so. Just keep it a little leaner. Have some other fluff characters that don't really matter. Catch up with them in like winter and fall and summer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Let's do that. I've I've watched. I should watch Hannibal. I'm such a moron. I should too. Yeah, you would like it. I blew it. I mean, I do like. It. I've watched the first three or four episodes, and then I just for whatever you stop? reason. Wow. I yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm bad is... at watching TV. I've I've caught up with Flash. And I've caught off with iZombie. Oh, yeah. And I, I haven't caught up with Flash yet. I'm two episodes behind, but I'm at least on season two now. I'm actually, I haven't finished season one. I have one episode left. Okay. I watched the first episode of season two. Okay. I, was like, I keep seeing stills of what's going on in season two, and I'm like, this is crazy. I have to get caught up. Yeah, season two is good. I've heard kind <laughs> of diminishing returns about It and Arrow. Okay. So I have... And I Stephen watched King's the, It. I watched, the premiere, <laughs> I watched the premiere of Flash, and I was like, this is okay. But things are really different now. Yeah. So I was like, mm. and then I started watching Arrow, and I was like, I don't care about this. And then they're like, Hey, we're gonna give you a third show in the winter. Oh, did you like, the 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 ch- Legends t- of Tomorrow. Tomorrow? Yeah. Oh my god, the trailer for that is so good. It's the schlockiest looking okay. thing. Okay, I'm excited for that. But it looks fun because I quite like Captain Cold. Apparently, this season of Arrow <laughs> is like majorly setting up for that show. It's a lot of like. This is how we're going to get to there, but they're bringing Hawkman into it. Hawkman. Hawkman. Has Hawkman. anybody watched Supergirl? I watched the pilot episode. No, how is it? Quite fun. Yeah. I liked it quite a bit. Um, sassy. Good. Sassy show. It should be sassy. Is Jap yeah. right? What's is, that? She, is she hot? <laughs> She's an attractive. That's good. Young lady. Um. Um. Oh, Jimmy Olsen in this one is a large man. He's strapping. I did not like Jimmy Olsen is like he's like stepped out of the Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> large, like he's a beefcake. Yeah, he's yeah. like a beefcake. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know anything about Supergirl. Yeah, is Clark like involved anywhere? Is <laughs> this he is just is it just like is it Clark like, like <laughs> Charlie Brown? His head is always off screen or something. Like Basically, okay. it's kind of. I've only watched the pilot. Okay. Um, the show is a lot of fun. It's very the. The actually, it moved. It was the, it was the quickest moving pilot I I've ever seen until I watched Ash versus Evil Dead, which was paced even quicker, like two days later. Um, but no, uh, they never refer to him as Superman. They just always go, "Oh, the guy in blue says good job." <laughs> like, all right, like let's move it along here. Like they they keep doing things like that. It's basically. That's like the whole green air. Like they, they're just like, oh, we need to do this now. I don't, is, is there some sort work. of contractual thing that they can't say it? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't think it's so. really, it's distracting. I think it's just the because, like, like, finally, Arrow is the Green Arrow now. Oh, have they not called him Superman? Did they? They called him Superman and Man of Steel, didn't they? Mm, Maybe that at is the it. at the end of the like at the end of the sh- at the end of the I think movie. Harry Lennox calls him Superman once. Okay, but it hasn't been he hasn't been titled that in the press. So maybe so. they're thinking we haven't called him we're not calling him Superman because he's not titled Superman he has not yet in been, the movie. Uh, is involved in that? What's that? All? Is it in the DC cinematic universe? What's that? Supergirl. Yeah, I, I yeah, cuz they keep mentioning him and they I think they even 
I thought they even specifically mentioned like a plot point from the movie. Hmm. Could be wrong. Interesting. It could be wrong. Don't take my word for that, but mm-hmm. I think I'm right too. <laughs> oh, okay. and I Zombie's very good, by the way. The Rob the, Thomas, the Rob Thomas yeah. from Matchbox Twenty, yes. uh, his latest, his new joint. No, not not the caught Mar- up with that. Veronica Mars, Rob Thomas. Yes, not joint. And I'm catching up with Fargo, which is. Oh, I need to watch season two. Yeah. Season two, Bruce Campbell is playing Ronald Reagan. I have to get there. (laughs) (laughs) I saw a bunch of tweets of people like, man, Bruce Campbell's really rocking it as Ronald Reagan. And they were posting pictures of Michael Showalter as Ronald Reagan. (laughs) (laughs) Which was like arguably the worst Ronald Reagan impression (laughs) ever. Um, Yeah, I saw the Peanuts movie. Uh, as somebody who didn't really have much fondness for Charlie Brown because I apparently didn't have a childhood <laughs> compared to like everything else that Nick's always like, what? <laughs> um, and everybody's always like, what? Uh, it was quite good. I enjoyed it. It's good. got a very unique animation style that I think fits the Peanuts world well. And uh, I was quite entertained. Everything with Snoopy and Woodstock and uh, the Red Baron and the Flying Ace is perfect. And uh, yeah, so check out Peanuts. I was happy when I saw that the reviews were good and it made some money. So, yeah, it did. It like, was like 45? 45, which I was surprised by. I didn't think Peanuts still had that kind of yeah. pull. But Peanuts still balling? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, <laughs> and then I wanted to touch on, speaking of Parks and Rec, I watched Master of None, which is Aziz Ansari's show. I've seen the first two episodes. It's on Netflix. It all dropped, I think, this past Friday. It's quite funny. It's okay. it's pretty good. I'm excited to watch more of it. And uh, I also wanted to say, speaking of Gilmore Girls, I've been watching a little bit more. It's been a little slow glo- slow going. Yeah. But I am enjoying it so far. Where are still, you? Still love Michelle. Still love Luke. Yeah. Uh, Rory just had her birthday party. Okay. With, uh, with the two birthday parties with, with, with uh, Grandma and with her mom. Yep. And and that was that was a good episode. It was interesting. Yeah, Gilmore get, Girl. Getting a little bit more depth with the Rory and the bitchy girl at school. Oh God. Her the girl who eventually becomes her roommate mm-hmm. in college. Ugh, I can't remember. So her bad name. for that. Paris. Paris. Yeah. Yep. So getting getting a little bit more depth in there. Chad Michael Murray's still a douche and always will be. Yeah, he's not. Don't but, worry. Don't worry. He he floats. Good. He floats along. More room floats for over a, to One Tree Hill. More room for Sammy from Supernatural and, mm-hmm. and Milo. Milo. Milo Victimilo. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, what's funny about Gilmore Girls is um, some inside scoop that's going to ruin your. Oh God. Um, Luke and Lorelai in real life, like by the like the fourth or fifth season, cannot stand each other in real life. <laughs> like she's like, I can't be around this guy. Really? Ass. But they were they still work pretty together on the show. But wow. it, it was just kind of a funny. Like I've read that before. Like they cannot be around each other when like the cameras aren't rolling. <laughs> just go to their corners. And, wow. Yeah. It was fascinating. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> More on that later. So keep an eye out. Okay. Oh, and keep an eye out for that's where the birth of Van Damsel was, if I recall. Right? Never mind, cut this part out. <laughs> what? We're, we were talking about Gilmore Girls on the show one time, and that's where Van Dam. No, came from. that was like the intro of the episode was the Van Damsel. I think we talked about Gilmore Girls on that episode. Okay. But uh, I don't know. Willie was thinking of a nickname. That was episode two, by the way. Yeah. So go back to that in the feed if you want to know what we're talking about. Yeah, I have no idea either. But, uh, yeah, I think that's it for what we've been watching. 
Um, briefly, I don't know when exactly I want to bring this up. You guys can veto this right now. The I wanted to talk about. I feel like we've talked about it a little bit at some point before, but uh, the idea of the James Bond is a code name, and it gets passed on to different people, and that one day we could have a James Bond film with all of the Bonds in it. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think of that idea? Is there any worth that? No, I, that they shot that idea dead in Skyfall because he visits his childhood home. And, yeah, that's yeah. Right. They killed that idea dead. I. It's a fun idea to bat around. I'm kind of on the bond. I don't really care if it has continuity or not. Okay. It, it's a nice, it, for a while there, it was a nice like fan thing for like to go and it was kind of fun to bat around on message boards and stuff. But Skyfall kind of killed that in the last movie if I, in, in that movie. So. What, what, about, what about like a. Alan Moore, I think that was kind of his thing with Bond in like yeah. the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and see kind of. Bringing Bond into that. Mm-hmm. I think it could still it could still apply if they wanted it to. I think that they could say Skyfall or whatever, that his his identity was like retconned or like it, he was given that name and it applied to like his past or something. I don't know. I mean, they can obviously do whatever the hell they want. I think it's a fun theory because, I mean, everyone else is a code name basically. Yeah. So. But it's one of those weird things that the series, you know, you have one M carry over from one Bond to another, and it's very strange because they don't seem to miss a beat. No. Like, she has awesome chemistry with Daniel Craig, and she has awesome chemistry with Pierce Brosnan. So she, having Judy Dench, is the she I'm referring to in this instance, <laughs> having her carry over was really cool, and I liked it. And, um, and then I think it kind of made everyone go, oh, is James Bond the same guy or not? It was kind of yeah, yeah. Well, we can uh, we we can talk about it a little bit more in, in a bit. It's also. a fun theory uh, as far as making the heroes of tomorrow with all the James Bonds. That's a ridiculous idea. Do y'all do it? I think it'd be great. Bring yeah. Sean Connery. It's the one out. time Sean Connery's like, all right, I'll fuck <laughs> around with this. I don't think he can even form sentences on his own anymore. So I don't <laughs> think it's happening. Who needs it? Just have him sit over the corner with Lazenby, shooting the breeze. Yeah. Have him punch Stephen Norrington. Let, so, uh, let, Tim, let Timothy Dalton take center stage again. Yeah, yeah Dalton can still Dalton can still move. Yeah, yeah. So he's like one of the best parts of Hot Fuzz. Mm-hmm. Yep. God, yeah. he's so fun. Dalton actually is a weird case where I think only having two Bond movies actually helped him out in the long run in some ways. Was Dalton in Kingsman? No, I have not um, seen Kingsman. No, he was. What's the movie he was in that we saw? Hot Fuzz. He was no. just talking about it. He was just in a movie that I think we talked about. I don't think he was in Kingsman. He was in Toy Story Three. <laughs> it wasn't that <laughs> one. No, hmm. Timothy Dalton's interesting because I, I've just recently been been reading that novel Ian Fleming book. James Bond is like the worst person ever. Mm. And he's not fun, and he's not particularly charming and he's just kind of a horrible like mean drunk there yeah he's killer he's, he's drunk and he he's very dark have, like nervous breakdowns like getting on a plane and stuff heard he's a really pretty dark character and not really yeah. like what the movies made especially when sean connery stepped in and, and established him boy, as boy. this like yes yeah, suave and i've heard that timothy dalton's portrayal which has been ragged on i think gen- in general is a lot more like the book version of James Bond than than what what we had seen in the movies and that maybe at the time that his movies came out people weren't quite ready for that interpretation because they were coming off of Roger Moore and uh and and Connery as like the the more fun mm-hmm. 
cooler, friendlier Bond, so to speak, and then you get this like dark, mean fella. Maybe people would look on him more favorably now. I wish he would have had because the two movies he, uh, the two movies that he's made, he made as Bond weren't very good. They're like, I don't know, Living Daylights is Living Daylights is pretty good. It's okay, and then License to Kill is kind of like a bland '80s action movie with Bond in it. So that sounds fun. <laughs> is it better than Detonator Two? <laughs> no, we know it's not. So I, I, I actually like Timothy Dalton as Bond, but I wish it's kind of one of those things. I wish his movies were better. The same thing I with Pierce, other than Goldeneye, is I, I like Pierce's Bond, but those three movies that aren't Goldeneye are a chore. I really like The World Is Not Enough. Actually, okay. the only thing that just drags it down is Denise Richards, <laughs> and boy, is she a anchor on that sucker. <laughs> But Robert Carlyle's really fun as a Bond villain. I like that Valentine carries over from Goldeneye. Um, yeah. I think there, I think a lot of the locales are cool. The opening sequence is cool. It move it moves quick. That for was a Bond the f- movie. Was that the final Bond movie with uh, Q as well? The old school Q. Because mm-hmm. John, John Cleese takes John Cleese over. takes over at the end of that movie. Yeah. Yep. And then he's only in Die Another Day, and then yeah, and then we get Daniel Craig. Yep. Yep. Yeah, what was it? Because Daniel Craig doesn't have Q for the Desmond Llewellyn? Yeah, Desmond Llewellyn, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. What in the hell movie am I thinking about? Well, yeah, because I was looking too, and all I see is The Tourist. Did you guys talk no, about The Tourist? Oh, no. And then Penny Dreadful. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever I talked about I swear to God, that. it was like a movie. I can like see it where it's somebody picking up a phone. <laughs> like he picks up a so Whoever it is that I'm thinking of, it's not, it must not be Dalton. Are you thinking of Ray Fiennes? In what? In Bruges, when he destroys that phone, that's a pretty good scene. But it's like he's in like a white and purplish room. Oh God, he's in the Rocketeer, which is amazing. Oh yeah, and he's amazing. Mm. He's got a really good mustache. (laughs) Oh, continue. What's the scene? He's in like a white and purplish room. He's only in like two scenes, but he's supposed to. He's like a. He's like a string puller or like a higher authority to somebody in the movie that I'm thinking of. But. I, there's too many unknowns in this equation. Did you see The Kingsman? Yeah, I did. That sounds like a scene it's, from The Kingsman. I don't think it's... I, I just looked through the list and I can't find who I was... Who uh, I was. Roger Moore was in Spice World. Maybe you're getting him confused. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> That's it, right? That's exactly what I was thinking of. Okay. Is that it? <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> God damn it. And that was the first thing that popped in my head. And then I'm like, uh, I don't know. Because it's... <laughs> I thought it was a Bond. It's funny. <laughs> I started scrolling back through through Roger Moore, and I was like, I hit 2010, and I was like, that's not it. We didn't talk about that on the podcast. How long did it take to hit 2010 scrolling back? Not not that long. And like, there's, he's got something coming out in 2016. He's in like he's Gnomes and Trolls years old 2. or something. I don't know. God. <laughs> anyway, I'm letting this episode breathe a little bit too much. <laughs> We're 40 minutes in and haven't, hit the, haven't hit the review yet. It's a Bond episode. <laughs> yeah, man. They tend to get a little bloated. <laughs> See if we can hit the 150 million, whatever, two two and a half hour mark. Yeah, 150 minutes. Yeah, yeah, math. All right. <laughs> On to our review of Sam Mendes's Spectre. This movie stars Daniel Craig as Bond, along with uh, Ray Fiennes and Ben Wishaw and uh, villain guy Christoph oh, Waltz. Christoph Waltz. Yeah. Um. The IMDb synopsis says, A cryptic message from Bond's past sends him on a trail to uncover a sinister organization. While M battles political forces to keep the Secret Service alive, Bond peels back the layers of deceit to reveal the terrible truth behind Spectre. 
So uh, we did talk about Skyfall when that came out uh, two years ago. Mm-hmm. So should listen to that before. Yeah, I meant to do that as well. Uh, but go back and check that out. I think real briefly, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Nick, how did you feel about it? I don't it? even remember. Yeah, Tim. I like it a lot. Yeah. Talking about um, Skyfall, right? Yes, yeah. Skyfall. Oh, yeah. I remember being so-so on it. I think you liked it, but there were things that you didn't like. I which, liked it enough. Yeah. I could say that about every movie that we ever talked about. <laughs> I, I liked it enough. Um, but yeah. Uh, Tim, do you want to begin with your thoughts? Okay. Yeah. As our resident Bond girl. Yeah. <laughs> As the Bond damsel. Yes. I don't know. The Bond damsel. Yeah. The Bellucci of the episode. The Bellucci. Mm-hmm. It sounded like Belushi. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Both are applicable. <laughs> um, here's the weird thing about going back and kind of becoming a Bond fan. Is that I've? It's become a Friday the Thirteenth type situation for me, where sometimes I'm not even sure if I care if these movies are any good. <laughs> like, uh. I, it's like I sit there and I watch it. I'm still pretty discerning. Like, I I will tell you which Bond movies I like. I think there are probably about ten that are pretty good, and then <laughs> the rest probably aren't. Um, but I will still watch those. And it's kind of like in Friday the Thirteenth. I will watch every Friday the Thirteenth movie regardless of quality, but I will still tell you which ones like, I think that one's pretty good. So five. Yeah. Five. Yeah. <laughs> I am going to go with this one is pretty good. It's not, and I'm judging this on a bond scale. So <laughs> it, it hits the check marks for me. Um, you are now on the MI6. You're the, yes. you're the, you're the guy. <laughs> no, what bugs me out is apparently this I was Team Willie last night when it came to movie going. <laughs> I wanted to leave as soon as possible. There was a family just wandering around the aisles, and apparently I missed the gun barrel start to uh, this. And it, I read about it later, and I go, that pisses me off. Because <laughs> yeah. like, he hadn't had one yet. Craig mm-hmm. hadn't had one in any of his movies yet. Well, He, he did in Casino Royale. He did. Of. He did, but they're different. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, they're it, this was more of this a is the most traditional. Yeah, that's yeah. what I meant. Yep. So, and that spoiler kinda, alert. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that kind of bummed me out. This Nick missed it as well. I did. It's a very, very ambitious film. It's it's like a Bond movie. It's too long. Oh god, it's too long. It needs an editor in the worst way. It needs the editor from Sky Hall. Um, it's pretty to look at. I love Daniel Craig as Bond. I really do. I think he's this. I think some people have confused that his performance as kind of like laziness, but I don't, I think he's just, I think he's just confident in the role now. Like, Mm -hmm. I think he knows exactly what his bond would do in every situation. Like he gets it. Um, there are issues with the movie, but that's kind of the thing with watching all these bond movies is there are issues with a lot of these movies and you learn that it, like, I don't really care about some of the issues with the movie. Skyfall is only five minutes shorter than Spectre. Okay. Skyfall moves a lot quicker. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, Spectre, yeah, Spectre drags. Um, where was I going? I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Speaking of trains, there's a great train fight in this. <laughs> Got it back. <laughs> Don't worry. This one had a... Um, the opening sequence is really cool. I, mm. I really liked it. There's that long shot at the beginning. Yep. That's, yep. It, it's it's style for style's sake, but who cares? It's Bond. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> opening credits, not a very good song. 
Um, yeah. I'm not a Sam Smith guy. It's not the worst of the Bond songs. There are some. There's some garbage out there. I like Sam Smith, but okay. I think this. I think Skyfall was so good. Skyfall was good, and um, it's weird. Like this is the third best of everything in the Craig movies because <laughs> it's the third best of the songs too. Because uh, Casino Royale's the Chris Cornell song is really grown on mm-hmm. me. Oh, it's, it's really a, good. It's awesome. Yeah. Um. The the Jack, Jack the Jack White, White, White he's, that bums me out so much <laughs> because. <laughs> I am a fan of both of those people, and it's such a bummer. They, Unlistenable. It's, it's like they got together, and like five minutes later, they had this song, and yeah. the guitar's really cool. Like most White Stripes songs. <laughs> yeah, um, but there's no try. It's a mess. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll focus on the good stuff. <laughs> but this is like the third best of like most things. It's the third best villain. It's the third best movie. It's the third best something else, to probably, too. <laughs> but... um. It, it drops some subplots like the Monica Bellucci. She's wasted. Um, Christoph Waltz. Wouldn't it be is, great if Monica Bellucci could play a character in a movie once? It's such a bummer because here's the fun thing about her character, though, is it's almost like Craig's Bond and Craig gets this. Bond is such a boy in all of the movies, and that's kind of his charm. He, he's he's he never grows up. And you can and I think Craig gets this. It almost works for this because he, he's not going to stick around with Monica Bellucci because mm-hmm. she's like a grown woman. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Bond is intimidated by strong older women. <laughs> so he will run after the uh, the blonde, the blonde younger Lisa Sidhu, yeah. girl from um, – yeah, Lisa Du in this. I don't even remember her name right now. Madeline Swan. Madeline yeah. Swan. That's a good Bond name. Um, so he, it, it's, it's funny. It's fun that he's attracted to her. That it almost in a weird way, the shoddiness of that subplot works for the character. And I think that a lot of that has to do with Daniel Craig's performance as Bond. Cause I think he gets that. And I think yeah. he said as much in interviews. Yeah. <laughs> he basically calls Bond. Like he's an immature misogynist. He's like, I don't care if I get another one of these. <laughs> <laughs> and what bums me out. Christoph Waltz is horribly underused in this movie mm. and it sucks because, and that's my least favorite part is a lot of, can I spoil it? He's, uh, spoilers from here on out Okay, for, for Spectre. He's Blofeld. And it's, it's not really a spoiler though. That's, that's the, the thing. It's is not, it's it, as much a spoiler as fucking Khan and Into Darkness. It, it didn't bother, it bothered me more in Khan just because they played it up as like, what? Oh. This one, they just kind of say, I changed my name to Blofeld because it was my Hey, look, I have a cat and I'm Blofeld. <laughs> that was the bummer because that first scene where they introduce Blofeld in front of that table, in front of the big table is awesome. Yeah. And he's like, hello, Mr. Bond. Yeah. He doesn't even look up and then, oh, Oh, Craig finally got a good henchman. Batista is awesome in this movie. And his yeah. entrance as a henchman where he just crushes the guy's face with the nails, like, so cool. And that's kind of the bummer is half of this movie really worked really well for me. I love the interplay between the MI6 characters. Um, the new Q, I love the interaction between a younger, smart-ass Q, Q yeah. and an older Bond who, like Daniel Craig, still isn't as smart as a kid. <laughs> and yeah, Craig understands. Craig's Bond is kind of a dope, too. And I like that. And I, I totally l- forgot John Cleese was Q previously, by the way. <laughs> it was fleeting. <laughs> Amazing. But. And uh, I like, I like Ray Fiennes as M. Um, mm-hmm. he, there's a, it's a different dynamic. I preferred a Judy Dench, that dynamic. But I like the dynamic of it kind of seems like Bond and M in these movies like hate each other at work and then go out to the bar later and bitch about work <laughs> together. <laughs> um, and you can tell like Bond it, like tests 
M. Like he he knows he's kind of a dust jockey, but yeah. he, he tests him too. And there's like a there's a weird sniveling aspect that's kind of underplayed by Fines too to M, his M that I like a lot too. The money penny stuff I like. I like that they gave her a personal life in this one. That was fun. I like that we see Bond's apartment. I like <laughs> I like so much about this movie, but I can't defend a lot of it as being very good because the script completely falls apart at times. Like the third last thirty minutes, the third act of this movie. I don't. I can't even tell you. Like, is it the third or the fifth? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. However you want to judge these things, the last thirty minutes of this movie, some stuff happens where I just go, "Oh God!" Like, checkbox. Blofeld has a cat. (laughs) 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 Oh, that's how he got his scar, and the way he leads uh, the the it's the way he leads him out of the last trap he sets. Like, I got it, but then, like, he just stands there in his helicopter and waits for Bond to shoot him. Mm-hmm. Like, I just. I liked overall, on a Bond scale, this is one of. This is above average. I'll say that. Okay. <laughs> out of 24 movies. Out of 24 this movies. Is somewhere above the, the, the 12 mark. It's his third best Bond movie, but I'm of the opinion that he's made two of the best ones, so it was going to be kind of hard anyway. Okay. And this one doesn't live up to those other two Casino Royale and. I like it better than Quantum, but okay. Nick, your mm. thoughts on Spectre? Um, I didn't really like it. I think uh, Tim and I differ pretty heavily on just about everything <laughs> on this one, and it's really interesting because you're you have Tim's Tim's take as a really seasoned Bond film viewer, and then you have me, who's not as much that. Uh, and I I just I don't I don't think any of the movie makes any sense. Um. I don't. I just didn't really like anything about it, and I kind of felt like I kind of felt let down by it when I left the theater. And the more I thought about it over the next couple of days, I was like, "Yeah, I don't think that was very good at all in any regard, really." Um, I still love Daniel Craig as James Bond. I think he's probably going to ultimately go down as my favorite James Bond. He, he, he is so much more complex. Then I think my, I would say my previous favorite Bond was Pierce Brosnan. Okay, um, and they, it goes with the old the old saying that you know whatever James Bond you grow up with, so to speak, is the one that's your favorite. Um, so that would have been Pierce, but um, Craig plays him with a he, with a lot a lot of dimension to him, and I think he 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 is very boyish. Like Tim said, it's exactly right. He's kind of a a, uh, a schoolboy, and I remember. Uh, M Judy Dench M calls him something like that in Casino Royale. Mm-hmm. She's like, "You're basically just an idiot boy." She calls him a blunt instrument, which is the best yeah. description of James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> and and he, but he has a he has a humanity to him that's really good. You can tell like he's the kind of James Bond that if he saw like a like a a, a little cat in danger, he would try to save it mm-hmm. because he like wants to root for the underdog kind of guy. <laughs> like he's got he's got a, a human side and not not a vulnerability, but kind of a relatability to him that I think is really cool and interesting. And um he he has really his his relationship with M is very with Judy Dench M was really great. Mm-hmm. And it's his interaction with Monica Bellucci in this is really interesting because it seems almost like he kind of feels bad for her and he thinks so highly of himself. He's like I'm going to give her a, a pity lay and then <laughs> And then leave. <laughs> and it's really interesting and funny and weird. And I was like, yeah, Dan Greg, you're pretty fun to watch. <laughs> um, Christoph Waltz is pretty much wasted, but he's wasted entirely, I think. He's he's really underwritten and 
boring. Like, honestly, never, ever, ever again give me a movie where I have a villain who wants to hoard information. I, I, that shit is so played out. I'm so sick of villains who are just like, I can see everything. I know everything. Like, I don't give fuck off with that. <laughs> like, I when it was new, when Timothy Oliphant played hacker guy in in Die Another or uh, not Die Another Day, Die Hard Four, I was like, oh, <laughs> snooze. I don't care. <laughs> so what? You know people's Facebook passwords. Who cares? Like, <laughs> give me and especially in a Bond movie, give me a villain who wants gold, <laughs> someone who wants money or to destroy the world. That's so much better. And, and that's they were, funny. We're kind of like moving away. Like that's because we're getting to a point in society too, where people are just kind of like NSA is watching us all the time. What are we going to do about it? No. And now that's no longer an effective villain anymore. And Spectre was interesting when they were kind of setting it up, and they're like, "Oh, they're they're coordinating terrorist they're the attacks." Like, yeah. That's what and I was like, like, "Oh, this is interesting." And he's like, "No, I just want cameras everywhere." And I'm like, "Bro, they already are cameras." <laughs> yeah, they did this shit in the Dark Knight, also. Like, <laughs> Sam Mendes and your team, stop stealing shit from the Dark Knight. <laughs> stop it. That movie has its villains. Make some other ones. They're out there. Um. Yeah, none of the plot. I couldn't tell you the plot of the movie. I couldn't tell you how James gets from anywhere to anywhere, or or why he knows to go there. There's never any indication. Like I'm not, I'm never along with him for the ride, and that I think is crucial for a character like James Bond because I I know from the minute he walks on screen, he's gonna walk away at the end of the movie. He's gonna be fine. He's James Bond. He's not gonna die. He's never gonna be in any real real harm. And yet, in so many James Bond movies, I'm I'm in suspense, and I'm like, oh my god, is he gonna be okay? And like Casino Royale, all the time, like every action scene, I was like, oh my God, is he going to make it out of this one? I don't know. And then he's like, oh, of course he is. He's James Bond. Yeah, you got me. You got me. And this would be the whole time. I was like, I don't give a shit. Like he's, he never felt like he was in any real, there was no suspense. And I, I never was in the, in the passenger seat with him. Like he would, a scene would end and I'd be like, okay. And then suddenly he's on his way to like this other place. And I was like, how does he know where, how to get there? Like, where's he going? Oh, oh, there's shit there that he must've known about. It was really, really strange. And. I think it it kind of harkens back to older James Bond movies where suddenly he's just in a boat wearing a really fly sweater and he's just in in the cold weather and I'm like oh that's cool where'd you get those clothes like it, and I know I know I know there's a there's a certain a certain brand of well, suspension Well you can go of, to the Bond blog about the fashion <laughs> oh, I'm sorry I know there's a certain suspension of disbelief that comes with watching a James Bond movie that you just have to accept it and go Okay, they they managed to scramble aboard this train, but now she has this amazing evening gown, and he has a white tuxedo. Where did these come from? Who cares? It's James Bond. I know you're supposed to be that way, but I can't get past it with these two movies. With this and Skyfall, both did this to me a lot. And for some reason, I just couldn't buy it. And I think a lot of it is that they set up Bond with being cut off with no resources, or he's like, hey, you're kicked out of MI6. And how does he get anywhere? How does he get all this cool shit? And uh, He just has sex with everyone. <laughs> Give me that tuxedo. <laughs> Have sex with me for it. Okay. <laughs> I guess I need it. So, Man or woman, whatever it's just, he needs. Yeah, it's very... I, I, just, I can't buy into it with Daniel Craig. I feel like if they had rebooted James Bond after Skyfall, which they should have, uh, and, and, and got me somebody else who's a little bit more like that era of Bond, I might have bought into it a little bit more. And I think that's the route they should go after Daniel Craig, but we can talk about that later. But Skyfall already started going there a little bit. They were kind of like, here's his team. Here's the old-timey car. Here's some old gadgets. Because like, Daniel Craig and Casino Royale was basically Jason Bourne, but way cooler. And, <laughs> and then Quantum of Solace, which I, I still really like. I think it's my second favorite Daniel Craig one. 
uh, was kind of along that same line. He's just he's a blunt instrument, just on a rampage. Yeah, and it's really fun to watch. And this was it was a newer, it was a different kind of Bond. I don't even want to say newer, but just something different. And then they kind of try to take this this guy and evolve him into something a little bit uh, into something different, which is it was really admirable. And I would say with any other character, yes, please. But with James Bond, I'm kind of like. He's really good at that one thing, though. You don't really need to change him. And the plot of Skyfall was so cool with him being kind of over the hill and just this old war horse who's beaten down, and he looked like shit, too, which was great. And that was all really compelling. Why does he have another movie after that one, though? It doesn't make any sense to me. And, uh, you know, you should have cut off Daniel Craig there, probably, gotten somebody else in the, in the saddle for this one, or made this movie first and then make Skyfall, because that I love that idea of, like, James, what does James Bond look like when he can't quite hack it anymore you know but there are some good things about this movie overall m m is a lot of fun i like m uh i like the ray finds his vibe of like yeah he's a he's behind the desk now but he maybe he used to be in the field kind of thing there's a couple moments in this where i was kind of like ooh, m m probably had it once he was like 20 years ago he's probably pretty sick in the field <laughs> and then that was fun and uh oh one other thing i absolutely abhor andrew scott never put him in a movie again ever. is that moriarty yeah ugh, ugh. never ugh. <laughs> retire from acting yeah i be a banker i hate you i hate really? this guy so much in sherlock team nick i, I hate him in this movie because here's the thing ready the 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 first time the first frame he's on screen you're like bad guy <laughs> bad guy and what sucks is he's he's taking away i i just started watching sherlock and he showed up Ugh. and i'm and he's, I, a, he's a fun sponge he soaks it all up and just, he tries so hard it's embarrassing uh, it's, he's he is but a, a, all of his plot i'm like give all of his time to christoph waltz and mm-hmm. blofeld and do yeah. something with him because his his character i could not stand him i wanted him out of the movie that and I wanted whole more that whole <laughs> subplot is just the biggest world record setting snooze button where I have to use both <laughs> hands and go and push the snooze because it's so boring. Like, I don't care. Oh, you... Ugh, I don't care. He doesn't have to retire from acting. He just needs to not... No, I hate him. I, if I, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't think he needs to be the secret villain anymore. The list, the list of actors work. I hate is so short and he's like, he's up there. Wow. I cannot stand this guy in anything and I've barely seen him in anything and I never <laughs> want to see him again. I'm sorry. I'm sure he's really nice in real life but he is so distracting and and just not... He's not good. And in, in, the, in the two things I've seen him in, I've been like, oh, enough. Like, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Sorry, that's just not for me. And in this movie, so they said they were, they were courting Chiwetel for that role. Yep. And his price tag was too high. Or they said that Andrew Scott was a million dollars cheaper. Mm-hmm. Bro, you spent $350 million on this movie. Give a good actor more money <laughs> to have a good character. It, it would have been so much better with Chiwetel. I would have bought so much more into it and been like, oh, like kind of bummed out at the end of the movie when you get when you get all the, when you find out the whole context of who this guy is. I would have been like, oh man, I would have actually been sad and and felt something, some betrayal or whatever. And now, instead, I'm just like, oh, just punt him off. There, there you go. Thank you. He's dead. <laughs> Hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give his time to Christoph Waltz. Uh, remove Batista too. I didn't like him. Sorry. Uh, give it to Christoph Waltz or or. Or make Batista, but again, see, he's a lot. He's like odd job. He's yeah. he's an old timey henchman. Yep. And for some reason, to me, he doesn't gel as much with Craig. I did love their fight on the train, though. That it's was a lot good. of fun. It, and their weird race where they just look at each other for a while. <laughs> and, 
<laughs> I was, but but with Batista, I was like, who is he? Who does he work for? What? what yeah, there's is he a free agent who just doesn't like the way Bond looked at him in the hallway? So now he's like, I'm gonna find that guy. And I could have used him. a little explanation with his character. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I just liked, I liked some of the physical stuff he did in the role. Is what I kind of yeah. His <laughs> as a henchman, he's very cool looking. His and, approach in the train is like the best part of the movie. <laughs> where you just see him in like the tea kettle, and he's just this giant <laughs> shape just coming towards you. I was like, that's really good. Um, yeah, uh, there, there's more, but anyway, Alex. Uh, I didn't like it that much. It's pretty boring. It's, um, I maybe liked it a little bit more than Quantum because I think Quantum is my least favorite of the four, but it feels like a half measure between... Daniel Craig Bond and Bonds of pla- of Past and Bonds of Christmas Past. Christmas past. And <laughs> it's Christmas Christmas Jones. Christmas Jones. <laughs> Christmas Jones. <laughs> but um <laughs> <laughs> But I don't know. Like with Skyfall at least watching that movie which I enjoyed very much. It feels like Sam Mendes directed that movie. I didn't feel it as much, Inspector. Maybe only in like the first scene, the Day of the Dead stuff. It felt like yeah. very distinct visual feast put on the screen for me. But there's nothing in this movie that harkens back to like God. The, the scene when they're in like China or Japan and Skyfall it, it misses, with the it with misses, the LED, like it misses some of it that. It misses real, Deacons. Yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Although Hoyt Van Hoytema, he's good. Yeah, is, he's not. He's no slouch. Yeah. I, can't, I can't explain it. But it's yeah, yeah. The Deacon's magic was not was not in this one, and I missed it sorely. Um, Waltz is, is Bond villains. Really, the only Bond villain that I can remember from Craig is the Chief. Okay, and that's it. Oh, really, Bardem? Bardem, Bardem is. I like Bardem. He's I, well. He's a very distinct character, and he's good. But the fact that that he just ends up doing the the. I want you to take me in so I can fuck your shit up, which everything has done ever makes him a disappointing villain in that sense to me. I like Bardem for the weird sexual stuff that they put in with Bond. (laughs) No, absolutely. And I should give him a little bit more credit for that. But I mean, in the overall arcing of them as like a Bond villain and what they're doing, even, even the sheaf is like, it's, it feels thin to me, and I guess it's been like a year since I've watched, or two years since I've watched Casino Royale, but it, they just don't feel as remarkable to me, not that I know that many of the other ones, because I haven't seen much of it, but I know that people are like, oh, you know, classic Bond villain. So, and since we were talking about spoilers, I wish I had some comparison point for Blofeld. All right. I don't really know if it, if, like, Walt's... Like, why is it? Why was he Blofeld? Why wasn't he just somebody else? It felt like it could have. Like it didn't. It felt like it harkened back just for the sake of being Blofeld, which I don't think it needed to be. Although I know people like were screaming. It feels like this is like Venom and Raimi's Spider Man. Like people were like Blofeld, 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 and then like, okay, this guy's Blofeld, right? So. I, there's some stuff that they might be setting up for one more movie mm. that I'm kind of hoping happens. Um, that Blofeld could go that just road. stands up Does at it... the end of the movie and runs away. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my god, that'd be so funny. Just dives off the bridge like a beautiful, <laughs> graceful dive, and, and then a hel- like a hind D lifts him up. I'll be back, and... bomb. <laughs> Honestly, just go for it. At yeah, this okay, point. yeah. To... Uh, but so there might be some things that they're setting up. Okay. That I uh, that were running through my head. Does he need an origin movie himself? Probably not. Mm. No, but so, yeah, I. It, I wanted to ask the question of like, does does I'm not going to go where you're going. What what were you going to say? I was just going to interject with uh, Gojo's brief thoughts on this as oh, a please. fan of Blofeld. All right, uh, past. I I basically told <laughs> him Blofeld's of Christmas. Yes, <laughs> I, I I told him basically the whole plot of the movie, and I told him especially revolving around the villain, and he just made this face, and he was like, "Why?" Yeah, and I was like, "What? Why is it Blofeld?" He goes, "No." Why do you bother having any subplot that involves who Blofeld used to be? And he goes, Blofeld is, he's the best type of villain where he does not need a backstory. He just is there and he's evil and you don't, you don't need to know his motivation. You don't need to know who he was or where he came from. He's just there and he's all powerful and he hates James Bond. Mm -hmm. That's it. And I was like, I hadn't thought about it that way because I was thinking of the reverse. Like, okay, you've got this character who was in James's life and now he's back and he's a bad guy. Don't need to make him Blofeld. How about the reverse, which would probably be way better? Cut out that whole subplot since they didn't bother to. They, there was like a line, like, this is who I was. You were him? Oh, and that's it. They Jack Napier him, and it's the dumbest thing. It is such a waste I of time. I hate it. I hate it because Bond doesn't... And no one cares. Bond yeah. doesn't react. And, and Nobody... Daniel Craig plays the type of James Bond that you would think would... This might bother him a little bit. It doesn't give Bond any like insight into who he is and either. Bond's like, universe is so huge that for this to ha- he's not like Spider-Man where you can do a personal tie pretty <laughs> easily. Like Bond is like a super spy. Yeah. It's so that was my least favorite part of the movie. Is so the stuff at the end with had, had had they like been like I, I had a little bit spoiled for him early on that someone said like Blofeld's been kind of tailing him all along or so to speak and it it turns out it's just him he he was always orchestrating the events supposedly, yeah. and he's the head of Spectre. That's cool, but if they had done like, not even like someone he used to know, like Raul Silva was supposedly an MI6 agent before or something like that. But if they had done a thing where they showed like a scene from Casino Royale and they had like put Christoph Waltz back there somewhere, or or Quantum or something like that, where he was he was around and kind of keeping an eye on him. It's really poorly green screen. <laughs> well, no, maybe not even maybe not even in the same explodes. room, but show somehow. Do do more than just dialogue. Like do more than just him being like, "That was me. That was me. That was me." If there was a way that they could have found a sneaky do you remember way, remember the Y two K bug? <laughs> that was me. Yeah, I don't know. How'd you like that, James? <laughs> Didn't care. You remember that? Yeah, but go, day? I, I now I agree one hundred percent with Gojo that like you know just just be like, "This is Blofeld, and he's really scary, and he's been here the whole time, and you probably can't stop him." Good luck. I mean, I guess I get it from the sense of like we've seen Blofeld before, and he may not be topped. So why not try to do something different with him? But it didn't add anything. Is the problem? Yeah, the stuff. I mean, just him, like just him, like getting pissed off at James Bond for screwing up one of his plans and going like, "I'm going to screw with him" is enough for me too. I mean, I, yeah, I, I could even I can even give it that. It was the it was the personal aspect of it that I just wanted. But they didn't even really commit to it. That was the thing. He was like, "Oh, my dad preferred him." Yeah. So I killed my dad, and then I decided to become bad. Like that that might work if you spend oh, a yeah. little more time with it. And especially I do like the I do like his little ideology that like from something terrible something good can happen. And I think that he was kind of applying that to himself, like, yeah, my dad liked James better than me, so uh now I became 
like James inadvertently made him in a way. I think that's what he's kind of trying to say, but he didn't even say that. That would have been. I I don't think I've too often will say like take away some of the action in a James Bond movie and give me more character, but that that might have actually made it a little bit better. If you're gonna make it personal like that, yeah, make it personal. I don't know. There are other cuts I think in the movie. Yeah. Why? Yeah. I don't know. I guess we got we talked a little bit about the continuity of of, of Bond movies, but is are we meant to think that every Bond is like a is is a new? This is what a reboot. And see now, this is okay. Is, is this the first reappearance of a Bond villain? No. No, I mean. Because Blofeld's reappeared and um, Jaws has reappeared in a couple movies mm-hmm. too. So okay, yeah. no, it's I actually kind of like the way that played a, out. Do you mean a cross? You mean Mr. White? Are you talking about Mr. White? No, no, no. no. Oh. I mean across bonds. Like, well, Jaws was always with Roger Moore, right? Yeah, they kind of um, didn't Blofeld. Didn't he? Blofeld does, but it's always in this weird like. But he's been played by like two or three different people. They only mention it. Okay, what happens is yeah, he gets played by two or three different people, and it's he's it. He always, it's always like in a Batman TV series, like villain type of way, yeah. where he reappears, but it's never really mentioned. They mentioned an Honor Majesty's Secret Service, um, which is probably one of my favorites. He he kills Bond's wife, Tracy, mm-hmm. and they only really mention it in a couple movies. I think it's um, ah, uh, whatever. There's one where he mentions like the cold open is him visiting his wife's grave, Roger Moore, and then he goes and kills Blofeld by picking him up with a helicopter and dropping him in a smokestack <laughs> and it's really stupid. Um <laughs> and, like that's and that's the last we see of Blofeld until this movie. That's why like I'm kind of I'm easy on this one because it's a much more dignified treatment of the character than fucking that. <laughs> uh, throwing him into a into, throwing into a smokestack into an urban volcano before the credits even the opening credits start. And then in one of the um I think it's licensed to kill one of the um Dalton. Well, the Dalton movies, they mention they're like they mention his wife being dead. So that's really the only continuity things we Okay. And like, then like Die Another Day has some stuff where they play around with the old gadgets. Yeah. So but there's not a lot of continuity when it comes to villains especially. So Okay. I was just kind of wondering about that cuz it's, it's yet another strange part of the Bond mythos. And this is what's <laughs> can't really tie down. Yeah, and this is what's strange is part of me likes what they're going for with the Craig movies is having it like tied all together. I kind of like that idea. I don't think it's necessarily done well. Yeah, I would agree. But I do like that there's some continuity to just the bond or just the Craig movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's also what drags it down in some ways, especially with the bond franchise. Cause when you ground it and then you start working like they did with Casino Royale and you start working in the more Bondian elements, that's when it stuff like this starts to happen where you just kind of, you don't go with it as well anymore. And I think that those are kind of the things that hurt it. It's cause when it's all sleight of hand with bond, like most of them don't make any sense, but if you're quick enough and you're stylish enough, people don't notice as much when it's like this, and there's some downtime in between and people start questioning like, well, why does this happen? Why does that happen? Like, how is this connected? That's when you've got to be much more fast paced <laughs> yeah, and blow by like the, yeah. So yeah. Like say what you will about quantum of solace, but that movie moves. It moves. Yes. Yeah. But quantum of solace has a good ass. sense to be like an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. So I wish this did in a lot of ways. What? Okay. Another question about this film. Why does, why does he just, why does Bond just walk into Blofeld's place? Why is just like, oh, I'm here to kill you. I'm not even sure how they found it. 
to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, they got the coordinates they did, yeah, it at the hotel Money Penny look that up her the cor- dad used to go to all the time. <laughs> oh, was that? Oh, you mean when he walks in? I thought you meant when he walked into the place with the table. No. At no, that was a great scene. That, I, the that, that really I got, but, but when he just walks into the... Like the the place where Nick and I turned to each other and we were like, <laughs> I turned to Nick to say what he said to me. And Nick is like, is that Michael Ian Black? <laughs> and oh, I was fucking yeah. pissed. Because Alex I almost was, ruined the movie for everybody because yeah. he was trying so hard not to laugh. <laughs> I was laughing so hard because I was, the phrasing, I was ex- going to say that exact thing. If I recall, that's a, that's a pretty Bond thing to do. Just to walk just, in. Just kind of, there's um, a, there's a, kill you. a brash, dumb arrogance to Bond. Oh, yeah. Where he can, he thinks he can do that. Um, I'm not completely sure it still works. I think, I think there's like, there's almost a professional understanding between him and villains like that right. because he's like, I came here to kill you. And he goes, Oh, I thought you came here to die. Mm-hmm. And I was like, As dumb as that dialogue is, these guys get each other. And they're like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as, as ridiculous. To me, I, I, I don't know. I guess I would have at least would have preferred like a. Him trying to find like the plans to figure out what the fuck the place even is the th- and like the thing prepare for it. The or thing something. that's weird, see that that's like a Mission Impossible way to do it, like scout it yeah. out and all that. The only thing that's weird about it is James is very concerned for the safety of this girl, and then he just has her hand in his, and he's like, "Come on, let's go walk up and ring Blofeld's doorbell." Yeah, <laughs> like that. That whole and it, on the subject of her, if I can just change gears real quick, I like Leah Sido. I'm not sure how to say her last name. Apologies to the French. But I, I like her. I liked her in, in Mission Impossible 4. Um, I know I've seen her in one or two other things. And I like her in this, too. But it's strange to me that you are going to try to tackle the idea that James Bond is going to retire with some, with a, for a woman. He's going to settle down for a woman. Because here's the thing. like He already had that chance, and yeah. he had the perfect woman. Mm-hmm. Like Vesper from Casino Royale is, like the, is phenomenal. And Eva Green plays her so well, and she's she's everything that James Bond needs. And then she dies, and therefore, I was like, great, we got, like, James Bond begins, basically. And now we understand why James Bond is the way he is. Mm-hmm. And even Blofeld says, oh, she was the big one. Did, did you not know? And, like, there's this understanding that she she was the one. And so it feels like James Bond is just kind of settling now. Because <laughs> they're kind of like, oh, she's attractive? Yeah. Her dad is a spy, and for some reason she knows her dad's entire past. She knows the game, James. She's got daddy issues. It must be, yeah, it must be, <laughs> must be fate. And he's like, all right, I'm going to, this is the one I guess for now. <laughs> it's cool. JKQ, I need that car because after I drop her off, I'm going to need something to scoop up women with. Like, it was just very, a very questionable ending. Yeah. To, um, I always, I didn't, I, Nick's probably not wrong, but I, I, I always took it as, I took the ending as he's going to try again. It's a very, like, sweet like he's going to try to love again. Um and then there's that scene where he gets the the tape and I actually like that scene cuz he kind of looks at it, the tape with, with Vesper. Uh, yeah, the yeah, Vesper yeah, yeah, torture, yeah. he kind of looks at it and he goes I'm he he processes it and he throws it down. He's like I'm done. It's like I can't do I'm that. done with that. I can't live past that. I got to move on. And so there's a sweetness to him trying to try again. That that's I good. Like. I didn't I forgot about that. That is good. But that's and that's the weird thing, but we we all know James. And the other thing is if you place it in James Bond, the Roger Moore and Connery films seem to like 90% of them all end with Bond going, I'm done. Like, I'm quitting. I'm settling down with <laughs> this like girl. Rambo. He's always like, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's it. And then he comes back the next movie and they don't explain what happened to the girl or anything. So that's why I'm kind of hoping. Can I talk a little bit about no, the future? Yeah. 
my hope is there's this Bond 25 is next. Mm-hmm. I want one more Craig movie and I want one more Christoph Waltz's Blofeld movie. And I want them to remake Honor Majesty's Secret Service where in a way, and they kind of already, but what's weird is they kind of already did with this one because it, it uses a lot of the same plot points because in that movie, he's trying to protect um, the guy's daughter kind of in the same way he is in this yeah. one. There's some stuff in the Alps, like in this one. <laughs> and, yeah. And there is, there's some weird parallels to that, but I kind of want him to just go full bore, like in not remake mode, but use, I want, I want, I know it's, that's what's weird is it kind of repeating what happened in the Craig movie earlier. I want a Blofeld to come straight for his his wife now or his girlfriend or and have that kind of be like a straight up revenge movie. That's interesting. It's what, it's, what I was kind of thinking they might do. So that yeah. that was what was going through my head at the end. I want that's kind of everybody's everybody wants to replace Craig right now. And that's fine. I don't think there's necessarily anybody right now that can. Yeah, what well, Fastbender is like the potential. Fastbender Fastbender's really good. I kind of think they're going to go younger, though, and I don't blame them because we're going to want to sign someone up for four or five movies. Yeah. Because Craig got one more on his contract, which everybody seems to forget, and he's a producer now. So, um, yeah, that's true. I want him to tie this. I want him to have one more, and I want him to go out, and I kind of want I want Waltz back so they can do Blofeld right, and then I and I I really want one more with that group of MI six together because I think they're really fun together. And then I kind of I'd like them interacting with Bond more. Yep, because that was a little bit they they get to in this movie, but they're not really part of the main thrust until right. later on. And Is then once his team, yeah, his yeah. team, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't want him split up. Um, I, I almost want to see him kind of work like a Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible style. Um, and then I want them to when they do recast Bond, I want him to be after. Then I kind of want him to go back to the episodic stuff. Like I don't want it tied to the Craig stuff at all. I want the Craig stuff to exist in its own weird Bond universe, and then I would kind of want to so just you don't move want on. Bond to die, and then it becomes a code name. <laughs> Not really, no. So I mean, they could do Get it. The title now. of Big Bond. <laughs> 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 so I just wanted to throw that out there because there's a lot of talk about repra- replacing Craig, and I I get it because it's four movies in, but I also don't get it because he's still really good and probably better than most. El- Idris Elba's too old right now i like him and i'm still not convinced i don't know uh, i'm not convinced he's right for it anyway i get why people like him i just don't think who uh Idris Elba. Idris Elba? i think there's a uh, make a luther movie first yeah i think there's there is a rugged the guy who came out the author what he said i think was misinterpreted a couple of months ago when he said he was too street oh um, people misinterpreted it. First of all, like, they interpreted it as racist. Yeah. And the author's a black person. Yeah. Is, and <laughs> what they, I don't think what people maybe don't understand about the Bond character is Bond, it, it wasn't so much a racist thing he said, it was a classist thing he said. Because there's a, there's a classism to the Bond movies. And Idris Elba was like a DJ and drug dealer before. <laughs> <laughs> and he always kind of carries that with him in every role I see him in. There's always a menace to him. That's not there with Bond. Bond's kind of a schoolboy. Even Craig, as rugged as he can be at sometimes, he's kind of a schoolboy at heart. And I don't get that with Idris Elba. There's a there's a meanness and a ruggedness to him. He could probably pull it off, maybe. I mean, but that's why I'm not convinced he's the right one for the. I'd party. rather he just have his own vehicle. Me too. Me too. I, I don't. I, I I love. Have you watched any Luther? Yes, I've watched Luther. I oh, love Luther. Luther's awesome. Yeah, and he's yeah. flawless in that role. Yep. So that's kind of where I stand. 
I found myself kind of wanting a. I know Felix Leiter is the normal CIA Bond interface, but I was kind of wondering what like a Mission Impossible James Bond crossover would be like. Mm. Just as like because <laughs> you know they're gonna flesh out the Bond cinematic universe. They're gonna give you a normal Bond every two years, and they're gonna give you like a side story Bond every year in between. Probably mm-hmm. that's gonna happen because it's as big as Star Wars, but. Like if they were to do just like a one-off, like here's like like a Sto- Scooby Doo and the Harlem Globetrotters, like <laughs> give me Bond and and uh, Ethan Hunt in a movie together, doing some kind of joint operation. I think it'd be kind of fun. I don't ever want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Bond is such a weird flavor. I don't think it mixes with anything else, and it. I, yeah. I I don't I don't think I don't agree with that model either. I don't think they'll ever do that. I don't think they'll make they'll they'll make a James Bond movie every two to four years, whatever suits their schedule. And then they'll no, they I take was joking. They tell yeah. oh, okay, oh, but they they did actually try that because they were going to spin Halle Berry's character off. They were going to spin Jinx off into her own like that was the whole yeah, reason. And die another day, they were going to spin her off into her own series, and everybody kind of rejected that movie. So mm-hmm. good job, world. <laughs> so yeah, we got that one right. You failed on Transformers, <laughs> but you did get that one. You've right. done something. <laughs> yeah, I I don't think I don't think Craig. I, I I won't say he needs to be replaced, but I'm scared because as much as I didn't really like this movie, he's still good in it. And I don't ever want to see that that one too many that they all seem to do. Yep. Yeah. Where you see it and you're just like, oh, embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. And Craig's 47. And he's he's a 2015 47. So he's really like, it's like he's like 40. Yeah. But, and he's he's still obviously very fit, but he's not, not shirtless at all in this one. I'm not sure if that was on purpose or not. He's not very, you know, you don't see any of that, any of those moments, which is refreshing, honestly. But, I, you know, it pretty much acknowledges that, yeah, he's... He's getting a little bit older. By the time this next one, if they make another one with him, comes out, he'll easily probably be 50. And how how old do they... I mean, Pierce was probably at least 50 when he made Die Another Day. Pierce was 50. Moore was... <laughs> Moore was fifty four in his last movie, but Moore like you were saying, Moore was like a like nineteen seventies. Moore was like fifties his entire Bond run. Yeah, <laughs> like, he always looked like a grandma. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> it kind of it kind of moved and fought like one too. Oh so, boy, um, I, I think I'm confident that that Craig could do another one, but I just don't know if it's worth it. You know, that's the thing. I yeah, I don't know. Contractually, he's in, but. He seems really worn out. <laughs> yeah. He looked better in this one than he looked in Skyfall, but I know that was by design. Yeah. In Skyfall, he was supposed to look pretty haggard. Um, so I think he's still got... He's still a blast to watch as James Bond. He's He's got that twinkle in his eye that's... There's that one part that's where... a lot of fun. He's beating up the cops, and he tells the one, he's like, no, yeah. stay down. Don't. That was yeah. my favorite. Stop. That <laughs> yeah. was great. And he didn't have enough of those moments in this one. Like yeah. I, They're trying to make him too serious, and it was fun in Skyfall because it was part of the plot, but... In this one, there were he had a few of those moments where he he said something really cocky or really yeah. mean, and he just when he got to play Bond from Casino Royale, I was all for it. I was loving it, and then he would flip back into Skyfall mode, and it was kind of a little bit of back and forth, and it was just I, I love when he plays that that really like brash, it doesn't matter, don't care. Yeah. He had a little moment in the helicopter at the beginning when he finally righted it, and he kind of had this little grin like, oh, that was fun. <laughs> Almost died again. Oh, I fucking hated the helicopter scene. Yeah, it was horrible. The heli- but, 
Which one are you talking about? The one where he attempts to murder the girl he's trying to save? Oh, no, the airplane? When he was... Uh, oh, is it? Okay. The airplane fight? Airplane versus cars? Yeah. yeah. Airplane, airplane turns into snowmobile <laughs> that versus was cars? So, that was so no. funny to me because that he was goes, a... you're only safe if you're with me. And it was after 10 minutes of him nearly <laughs> killing her. Oh, that, was, that scene was so bogus. I was like, this is... But, I loved the way no. it started. I yeah. loved the plane coming up and him opening that little window. <laughs> it, was such a, it was such a ridiculous touch. He's like, hey, I see you. <laughs> Shuts his little window and... I was like, oh, wow, this is great. He's chasing these guys. What's he going to do? Where, where's he going to jump out and land on the car? Is he going to parachute? Oh, no, he's going to drive the car, the plane like a car, and knock the wings off and continue to drive the plane. Oh, this got really bad really fast, didn't it? Well, no, the, the opening helicopter scene, honestly, I wanted to talk. The sound design in this movie felt horrendous, or maybe it was the theater where we were, in, we were in, but I've never had a problem with that theater for any other movie. I went and saw Interstellar in that exact theater, and it was perfect, but the opening helicopter sequence has this weird absence of any score, and it... There was a lot of that in this movie. It's trying to, like, drive... I know what they're trying to do is, like, drive tension by giving you nothing to, like, tell you what to feel, but it completely fell apart for me, not to mention that, like, there's just no logic in the I'm going to kill everybody in this helicopter and then hopefully save it before it hits the ground. I don't think it can work that way. Do you remember the, the the end of the opening from GoldenEye like I was talking about earlier? No. How it Okay. That that scene basically lifted from that and it's done a million times better. And it just it just GoldenEye. felt really poorly done. Like for that that stretch of awesomeness up until he blows up the bomb, the suitcase bomb. And then the whole helicopter thing is just like, what the fuck well, is going on? <laughs> I kept chuckling because you're, you're, you kind of start to get in the moment and like the helicopter's turning and you're inside the cockpit with James and you're like, oh, we caught onto a seatbelt. Oh. And then it would cut to a really, really, really wide shot of just this funny looking helicopter yeah. spinning around. I would just what kept, the fuck was the pilot some... doing? <laughs> it's like, there's somebody in here who shouldn't be in here. I'm just going to hold it to the right. And I'm going to spin it around. Flip a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? <laughs> Those wide, what? those wide shots were so funny, though. It just what? it looks hilarious. Why? Why would they? Does, the, does everybody know that James Bond, who he is, and like that you don't want? Like, why would the helicopter pilot not just be like, "Dog, here's the keys. Like, yeah. I'm out. Sorry, bro. <laughs> Take the wheel. Yeah. Let me have this this parachute, and I'm gonna just go party in Mexico City. Like, any of that." It just completely. I think I looked over at Nick and was like, at that moment. And if Nick was like, "Why are we here?" I would have been like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I hadn't abandoned hope yet. I was just like, "Oh." <laughs> and then I, it picks up again, and it gets through the point where you figure out Spectres, and then the James, oh, Mister Bond, you're here. What like all that? Everything up to there was was good, and and I thought it set things up pretty well. But I it just, I thought of one other thing I loved. It was not greater than some of its parts, which yeah. it has a lot of great parts, mm-hmm. but it just didn't come together for me. There were uh, there were two moments in the same scene that I thought were like probably the best parts of the movie, and when you're uh, when he's at the funeral for the guy in Rome, and there's the shot of Monica Bellucci standing there, surrounded by people mourning, and she's just like profiled, and it's very striking, and then the camera goes and rack focuses to the two guys right there, and your brain goes. Ooh, why was I not paying attention to them before? Mm-hmm. And it's so, so cool. And this in a movie so full, 
are so so absent with like really great filmmaker Technical, things. Yeah, that stood out so much because it, it went so much beyond the rack focus. Like obviously. Focus guides where you should be paying attention, but the way they were staged right there was very striking and very cool. And I was like, "Oh, who who's that?" And then the the moment where Christoph Waltz turns his head slightly, and then when like eight of them just go and just oh, leave at the same yeah. time, I was like, "Fuck, that was yeah. cool. That was super cool. Give me more of that." And uh, and then and then we got a little bit more like in the headquarters of Spectre, or the the great the meeting room, and then that was pretty much it. The the whole like secret. Do you guys did you guys see Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy? No, I didn't. I did. I you, don't remember. It you that did. Completely. Okay. Yeah. Uh, very divisive movie. Yeah. But me and a couple couple other people really loved it, and I, I, I it. think that was one of the most intense movies. And nothing really happens, but there is so much tension because there you never really know who's in control. You never really know who's the bad guy. You don't really know exactly what you're dealing with, and it's so tense because you're like, "Oh my god!" Like, what? I don't know what to expect. And there's a little bit of that in this movie early on when you're kind of getting introduced to Spectre, and you see the shadowy like figures, and you don't. You're like, "Ooh, these are people without faces, without names. I don't know who they are." That was so cool, and I wanted a little bit more of that out of this movie. I remembered another moment that got a pretty big laugh when, like, right outside the funeral when. The two people come out after Bond and Bellucci. Yeah, he waves yeah. to the one dude. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, that, that was, was good. I enjoyed that. That's good. I like when after they kill Batista, they're like, let's have sex with each other. Yeah. I kind of like that. Actually. We just kill the dude. <laughs> let's go bang. Because if you're pumped up and you're yeah, already attracted you're, you're to you're the same. I mean, <laughs> I've never killed a guy, but I would assume. <laughs> if I kill Batista, <laughs> I'm having sex with the first person I see. <laughs> <laughs> What okay? Let, let's play. Let's play a game. <laughs> what ethnicity was Batista supposed to be? Because his accent when he said "shit" was so weird. I was like, "What was that?" It was so funny. He has one line in the movie, and I did not understand it. He like, went, <laughs> the one, the one part. Shit, shit, <laughs> shit. What was his name in the movie? Hinks, right? Hinks, Mister yes, Hinks. Which is kind of shit ethnically. And it was really funny. I was like, "What? What? What are you?" <laughs> uh, two fashion trivia tips, real quick. Okay. The white dinner jacket made its return. Mm-hmm. For the first time since A View to a Kill, just wanted to put that out there. There you go. Nice. Thought he looked nice. Thought it looked good. Mm-hmm. Um, some some of the Bond forums thought he should have wore a white pants with it, like he he's going to prom. Kids, <laughs> <laughs> and then this is the first. <laughs> this is the first casuals, <laughs> casuals. casuals, freaking casuals, I, man. I have become them. <laughs> you you are you have become what you hate. <laughs> This is the first, because um, I really like this ensemble. He wore a tan suit with a red knit tie and a white shirt. And I went, oh, that's striking. Bond doesn't usually go with a tan. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought the tie was a little it was a little short. But first time the Daniel Craig Bond has wore a knit tie, every other Bond had at this point. What scene was that or what sequence? That's the scene um, when they are kind of waiting outside in the desert. Um, okay. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. that was a pretty the... fly outfit. Yep. Waiting at the little... Ramshackle train station in Africa. I mean, why he put it on just to wait outside in the desert? I'll never know, but at least he looked nice. He wanted to look good when waltzing in the waltz's place. Yes. (laughs) When in waltz. Anyway. Waltz Waltz Disneyland. A bloated review for a bloated (laughs) bond. Yes. Yeah, and and if you can follow the trajectory of any of our trains of thought... (laughs) Go see Skyfall because maybe you'll get more out of it. Or Spectre. <laughs> I've been doing that. I've been doing it the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like the uh, hentai opening credits too. 
octopus arms. James. I didn't. Yeah, the opening, the, the song, I, I didn't really like, but the the credits were even the kind cr- of kind of dull. I thought, yeah, I thought they were okay. Uh, the Skyfall, Skyfall ones are so good. The Skyfall so. ones really. And what's cool is Casino Royale and the Skyfall opening credits. Not only are the songs really good, but the credits almost play out the movie. Yeah, yeah. like you kind of you kind of get a glimpse of like what the plot is and where and you don't and remember this, the big weird octopus in this one. I mean that's all well and good if you want to have like a little <laughs> bit of little bit of that in there, but after the credits, after that opening sequence ended, I was like, I don't even know what what to think about this film. Even they didn't know what the plot was. No, but it was better than the Quantum of Solace opening. Yeah, that was such a bummer for me. I was so excited for it. It let me down. What can you do? Feedback at MidwestFilmers.com. Let us know what you think of the show, the things that we talk about. At MFN Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. MidwestFilmers.com has all of our previous episodes with full show notes. Go check that out. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher Radio. Um, next week, I'm not certain what we're going to do. There's not much coming out. Mm-mm. So we'll figure something out. Maybe I'll just review Spectre again. Spectre yeah. again, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you and Willie can talk about it. Yeah, second, Willie. Will, second no, Willie can get through Skyfall. <laughs> There's 30 different tries to finish Skyfall, and then uh, and then he can talk about that. But I have a few ideas, but I don't want to vo- vocalize them because then people will become disappointed when they don't happen. Okay. So next week, Mad Max retrospect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, but maybe that'll come at some point in the future. I don't know. Kyle X Y, go watch a movie. <laughs> <laughs>